How many of you guys know that there's no greater joy than when your children are potty trained? Some of y'all. This is a college group, so y'all don't know what I'm talking about. There, I had one amen over here, and he understands. Seriously, um, my, my wife and I, we've been married for, for four years, and we have three beautiful, amazing children. Uh, my son, he's my oldest. He's three years old. His name is Keikoa. All my kids have Hawaiian names because I'm from Hawaii. Uh, and my daughter, Leilani, and just this past March, uh, my youngest son, Ikaika, was born. And so I love them. But there's no greater joy than when my son gets potty trained. And can I just tell you guys, for the last six months, me and my wife have been trying to potty train our son. Like, we've tried everything, and it is exhausting. It really is. I mean, I tried first, like, try to make using the potty, like, even super cool. I'm like, hey, son, like, all the big kids, you know, they know how to use the potty, but that just didn't work. And so we tried maybe even, we, we tried putting him on a schedule. Like, every 30 minutes, my phone would have an alarm, and every 30 minutes, we're like, hey, go use the potty. We thought maybe through the repetition and the consistency that he would go use the potty. But that just, like, it, it got me more angry because I was like, my goodness, 30 minutes again, I was already tired of the alarm. And so we tried incentivizing using the potty. I was like, son, if you use the potty, I'll give you an M&M. Like, that's how cheap I was. I couldn't even get the full bag. Just one M&M. And I was like, I'll give you a prize or something. My son is so smart. He realized that if he goes sat on the potty and flushed the toilet, he'd get a treat. And so he just would do that. And I'm like, wow, pastor's kids, huh? Okay, I see how it is. And so I, I tried everything. We even tried one, one lady or mom on this mommy group said, hey, why don't you just like let him walk around naked, and maybe be, if he doesn't have the, like, the, the, the backup of a pull-up, he'll go use the potty. That lasted about an hour in my house. Like I just, I remember just like stepping in a puddle. I'm like, nah, we ain't doing this one anymore. <laughs> like, it was just so, like, so bad. We even tried the opposite. We thought, hey, if we buy him like really cool underwear. So I got him really cool Spider-Man underwear, which, side note, they make them in adult sizes, which concerns me. Um, just I don't know, and I didn't buy any, by the way, okay? Um, and, and so I was like, hey, we got this really cool Spider-Man underwear. Do you, you can wear this when you're potty trained. Didn't work until finally I get a text from my wife. I'm at work, and she texts me, and it says this, all caps, exclamation mark. He did it! And then he said it again. He did it! And then the last one, this is how I read it because I know it's been an exhausting journey. He did it! And I, you read it, and she goes, told me on his own he needed to go poop, which I don't know if that's appropriate in church, but whatever. I did it two other services, so... Walked to the potty, closed the door, and pooped in the potty. He told me earlier today he needed to go pee. He waited to the last minute, though, and ended up peeing all over the floor while climbing onto the potty. But he is connecting sensation to toilet. Clapping, 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 clapping. Y'all know what I did as soon as I got that text? I just drove home. Like, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I drove home, and I opened the door, and my son comes up to me. Daddy, guess what? And I'm like, what, son? He goes, I did it. And I was like, I know. 
I grabbed him. I'm start running around the living room. I'm like, yeah, high-fiving him. I said, son, you can have all the M&Ms you ever want, every toy. Like, you can have it all. We were so excited. We celebrated big. Now, some of you guys are like, that's pretty ridiculous to celebrate that. That's because you don't have young kids, okay? But I, I know I was celebrating him using the potty. What I was really celebrating was his maturity. I was celebrating that my son could do something independent without me on his own. Fast forward to even just a few weeks ago, our staff goes on a staff retreat. Now, our staff retreats, they're, they're super fun, do this once a year. We went to Mo Ranch out in Kerrville, and I remember the first day, everyone's like, well, we got some free time. Do you want to go play basketball? And some of the guys are like, I'll go play basketball. Here's what you need to know about our staff and anything physical competition. Someone always ends up going to the hospital, like every time. I remember we sent three people to the ER for flag football. Like, how does that even work? Flag football. That's supposed to be like, ah, oh, I got your flag. But people are like, boom, you know. And so I'm like, what? We, we, we just get hurt. I'm, I'm actually concerned that if we ever played cards, somebody would get a paper cut so deep that they have to go to the hospital. Like, I'm that concerned. And so we're like, should we play basketball? Uh, let's do it. So we play basketball. And sure enough, Someone shoots a shot and misses. Wasn't me. <laughs> uh, and so they shoot a shot, they miss, and the ball is going out of bounds. And someone, you, y'all might know him, Mikey Soriano, he's at Gateway Bandera. He starts running after the ball. And I almost see it in slow motion. He's like, oh, get it, right? And all of a sudden, I see it in slow motion. Pop, twist, skibbity doop doop. you know, just out. <laughs> And he's on the ground shouting, my ankle, my ankle, right? And we have all these pastors and godly men there, so we start doing what godly men do. We start praying. We're like, thank you, God, that it wasn't me, right? (laughs) That was my initial prayer, I'll I'll be honest. I just, thank you, Lord, I'm getting old. I'm glad it wasn't me. No, we started for real praying. We're praying for Mike, like, Lord, heal Mike. Let it not be as bad as as he's crying for, Lord, and may it... May he toughen up or something. Like, we're just, we're praying. And I look up, and my son is right there going like this. And we say, in Jesus' name, amen. And apparently our prayer was not good enough. Because my son goes up to Mikey after we're done, and he goes like this. He goes, dear Jesus. My son can't talk well, okay, just so y'all know. I'm not making fun of him. He just, he goes, dear Jesus, hurt, boo-boo, heal, in Jesus' name, amen. And he goes up to Mike, who's laying on the ground, kisses him on his forehead, and says, all good. (laughs) I was so joyful in that moment. Why? Because my son understood the power of prayer without his dad having to say, hey, go pray. And so today, as we continue our series, Greater Joy, I think many of us understand already that we need more joy. I don't think I have to convince you. Either you're going through a trial, you're going through something, and you're like, yes, I, I, I could use some joy. Or you're already filled with joy and you've experienced it, like, I want more joy. I don't have to convince us that we need more joy. The problem that I see, especially in Christ's followers, a lot of times we look for joy in all the wrong places. 
We look for joy in all the wrong places. Like some of us, uh, and it's not just that, that we look for it, we almost make it a, like a foundation of our joy. Like some of us will, will, will find joy in entertainment, which is a good thing. But if it's the foundation of our joy, it can be something that sweeps under you. Like if, if, if entertainment was the foundation of our joy, we go home and it's like maybe you had a long day, long day of classes or, or work or something, and you just want to unwind. If I can just watch the 30-minute show and have that just joy just, just separating and watch, or watch that movie or that football game or whatever, we'll get some joy from that. The problem is that show eventually ends, that movie eventually ends, the game eventually ends, the TV eventually gets turned off. And if that's the foundation of joy, maybe you won't have joy anymore. Some of us find, find the foundation of our joy in our hobbies. Now, hobbies are good. Name your hobby or whatever. Mine is fishing, okay? I love fishing. But sometimes fishing turns into sightseeing. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I didn't catch a fish, so I'm like, all right, God, thank you for taking me out in the woods, right? And so, what, but what would happen if the foundation of my joy was just when I caught a fish or just your, your, your hobby? Then sometimes your hobbies will let you down or eventually you have to go home. If that's a foundation of joy. You won't have joy anymore. Some of us find our foundation of joy in our friendships. Now, hear me when I say this. Friendships are good. Fellowship is important. But if your foundation of joy only is within your friends, what happens when you have unresolved conflict? What happens when you have issues and like, I'm not going to talk to that person now. Then all of a sudden, the foundation you enjoy is all about, is more bitter than anything. More angry. Like, ah, I just, I lost that joy. Some of us, some of us have the foundation of our joy in our relationships. Whether that be a boyfriend, girlfriend, or, or marriage. And let me clarify, you should have joy in your marriage. Okay? You should have joy. Four years married, three kids, lots of joy. Some of y'all didn't get that. All right. But <laughs> college students, sorry. But, but full of joy. I, I, I love just the marriage with my wife. But if that's the foundation of my joy, what happens when we don't see eye to eye? Do I no longer have joy? Now, some of us find a foundation of our joy on what our society and our culture and our world tells you will give you joy, but really it's just temporary. Some of us will, will find the foundation of our joy if I can just have a sip. If I can just have a drink, chocolate bear. I've had a long day, and having a drink loosens me up, and I'm so joyful. I laugh. If I can get a puff here and there, it just loosens. It, I, I just have some joy. And like many addictions or things of the world, it will leave you empty and wanting more. Some of us find our foundation of joy, if I can just be real with y'all, on what we look at on the internet. What we see on the internet, it just fulfills us. And again, like an addiction, it just, you're just craving more and more. But here's even the harsher reality. Those things lead you on a path to destruction and a pathway away from the joy of eternity with Jesus. So... If there is anything that you guys get today, if there's anything that you guys third service understand today, I hope you understand and take away just this one point, and it's this. True joy comes from the presence of God 
and by making disciples. True joy, true eternal joy comes from being in the presence of God and by making disciples. Y'all don't believe me. Let me prove it to you. Psalms 26. Turn with me in your Bible to Psalm 26. I love Psalm because if you're not like, if you haven't memorized where it's at in the Bible, you can almost just flip it open in the middle and you're like, whoa, it's there. All right, Psalm chapter 16. We have the psalmist, David, and he's writing about the Lord. Now, David, let me tell you, you might know David from a few different things. Some of you guys know David from David and Goliath, right? And he's got the slingshot. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to put that on my social media, slay your giant. And we know that from David and Goliath. Or some of you guys know David from David and Bathsheba. When he messed up, when he sinned, and, 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 and you were like, I can't believe he did that. Here's what you need to know about David. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. He was a man after God's own heart. He desperately wanted to be with the Lord. And this is what he says in Psalm chapter 16, starting in verse 11. Actually, only 11. He says this. You will show me, he's talking about the Lord, you will show me the path of life. And in this next part, if you have your Bible, if you have your app or whatever, highlight, underline this next part. Ready? In your presence is fullness of joy. Here's David giving us a glimpse of where true joy comes from. It's in his presence. Really simple. There is joy in the presence of God. There is joy in the presence of God. Now, this might sound not even profound to any of you guys. Some of you guys might be like, oh, I've heard this before. But oh, how so many times we have missed it. The simplicity that all we need is God. The simplicity that, it, that he is the one that changes. That he is the, just his presence alone. See, I believe the church as a whole has done such a horrible job of setting the, its people up for failure by, by making Jesus with something else. Like we need an addition to his presence. Like if, we, like if we got Jesus plus an awesome building, then we would have joy. Like if we had Jesus plus the AC right at 72 degrees then we would have joy. Some of you are like, that's either too hot or too cold, right? But it was like, if we had the, just the right temperature, some of us wouldn't have joy if we just had Jesus and there was no AC. If we had Jesus plus an awesome worship team, if we had Jesus plus the worship song that I like singing, plus, if we had Jesus plus comfortable chairs, if we had Jesus plus a great kids ministry, if we had Jesus plus a dynamic, you know, pastor that communicates, that only makes me think, but when I leave this room, I don't really have conviction to move, then I'll have joy. Some of us need Jesus Plus something else. Can I just be very clear with you guys today? Jesus is enough. Jesus, come on, y'all don't believe me. Jesus is enough. He's enough. Or, ready? Let me ask this question. 
Is he enough for you? Or do you need more? Do you need Jesus with something so that you can have great joy? I tell you what, if you need Jesus plus something else, then you really don't need Jesus at all. You can just get satisfied with your joy on the things that you just want and prefer. There is joy in the presence of God. I love that the, the Holy Spirit is described as someone that is omnipresent. And that's a big word. And I learned it in Bible college, which means that the Holy Spirit can be with you anywhere all the time. So guess what? If joy is in the presence of God, you can have the presence of God here. You can have the presence of God as soon as you walk out. You can have the presence of God in your car. You can have the presence of God with you as you drive home. You can have the presence of God with you at home. You can have the presence of God with you. Check this. This is going to sound really crazy. You can have the presence of God with you at your work. You can have the presence of the God with you at your school, in your classroom. You can have the presence of God with you. Just bring them. Just bring them. I think we so wait for, for, for the presence of God to just fall. And he's like, no, I just want you to invite me. There was joy in the presence of God. David knew this. David knew this. This is not some cute little saying that he, like, memorized or he put on his social media status. In your presence is the fullness of joy. He didn't just, like, quote it. He knew this. See, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, 2 Samuel is the Old Testament, and David is going to recover the ark of God. He's going to go get it. Now, the ark of God, if you don't know, it's this wooden chest that would hold the presence of God. And it was so powerful that if you accidentally touched it, die. Boom, dead. Right? It was that powerful. But check out what happens in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 12. It says this. Now, it was told King David, saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So ready? It was told to David, hey, the ark of God is blessing this house. Now, what you need to understand is, is the ark of God wasn't like this ATM machine that it was just spitting out hundreds. And everybody was like, yeah, hashtag blessed. Okay? It wasn't like just giving out gold. No, the presence alone brought joy and, and hope and, and, and this God's glory into the house where they felt blessed. And in verse 12, it continues. So David went and brought it. He was like, I need to go have that, the ark of, the God, uh, ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with what? Oh, come on, say it louder. With what? One more time, with what? He went and got the presence with gladness. Can I just be real with you guys? I'm tired of Christians bringing in the presence of God with sorrow. I'm tired that we go into the presence of God like, well, we treat it as ordinary or common. But if we had truly experienced the presence of God, we would be so joyful because it brings hope, not just to us, but it brings hope to a world that is living in destruction, that is living in darkness. We need to bring the presence of God wherever we go with gladness. Verse 13, and so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone how many paces? 
All right, come on. How many paces? One more time. How many paces? He had gone six paces that he sacrificed. This is David. Sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. Go back to chapter or verse 13. When, when David and his guys got the ark of God, he took how many? And he sacrificed in worship. When, he, when they got the presence of God, they took how many? He took one, two, three, four, five, six, and said, hold on, stop. I know we have the presence of God, but it's so good. We can't take a seventh step. We need to do all we can to worship him in this, in this place right now. Let's just stop. He took one, two, three, four, five, six, and said, no, we can't go any further. Can I be real with you? You took more than six steps just to get in here. But many of us doing worship or many of us even in here like, nah, I'm going to, it's not it. He's like, man, the presence of God is so sweet that you can't even take another step without worshiping him. Verse 15. So David, or 14, then David danced before the Lord with all his might. Have you ever danced with all your might? Sounds like it hurts, right? I'm getting old and my back hurt just saying it. But this was David dancing with all his might. Now, this wasn't in like an eighth grade dance, okay? It wasn't like this. One, two, three, four. Like, like he wasn't trying to stay on make. I care who was there but presence of God that no matter what he was doing, it was honoring him. It wasn't about himself. It was all about him. To the point where verse 15, so David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of Lord with what? Shouting. He shouted, the presence of God is here. The presence of God is here. And then it says, with, and he, with shouting and the sound of a trumpet. Boom, boom, boom. I don't know if that was it, but not excited about the presence. There's joy in the presence of God. Maybe we'd be a little bit more joyful. Maybe we'd be a little bit more joyful if we weren't so busy to not be in the presence of God. Maybe we'd be a little bit more joyful if we weren't such in a rush to get out of the presence of God. Maybe we'd be a little bit more joyful if we do, uh, it's an old school term in the Bible called dwell, means to linger. Maybe we'd be more joyful if we dwelled and lingered. The com competition to dwelling and linger, your schedule, your agenda, think about that. The competition of you being in the presence is you saying, I got somewhere to go, somewhere to be right now. How have we, we've, we've almost cheapened the presence of God. Because if we've really experienced it, we wouldn't want to leave it. Joy in presence of God. The second way to have joy is this. It's in 3 John chapter 1. Now, in your Bible, 3 John, you've got, uh, you've got the apostle John who writes, you know, you know, right, this apostle writes, and he's he says, I, the bell, 
greater joy. Great joy. Experience a lot of awesome things, but nothing is greater like joy than to hear that my children. Now, I've misquoted this scripture a bunch of times. Gaius was not John's child. It wasn't. So you're like, well, what is he talking about children? He's talking about his spiritual children. People that he led in the faith before. She says, I have nothing greater than to hear that my spiritual children, ready, walk in truth. Now, if we were to decipher that or pick it apart right now, we're like, oh, that means they had really good doctrine. No, the word walk implies movement. The word walk implies independency. See, because if, if there was a baby, right, or my baby was born in March, not nurse him. I'm sorry. That was weird. But I have to hold him first. And then hopefully he can sit up on his own. He's trying to sit up and he has that bobblehead. You know what I'm talking about? This baby's like, oh, okay. And then after that, he tries crawling. And then after he starts crawling, maybe he'll grab something and try to stand. And then finally he'll start walking. Same connotation is what, what, what John is talking about is I have no greater joy than to hear that my spiritual children walk. That means they have a, a dependency on the Lord and independent of, of John to walk in truth, in the Lord. There is joy in discipleship. There is joy when you lead someone to Jesus and that person leads someone else to Jesus. See, I've been the youth pastor for some time. I was the youth pastor here for eight and a half years. Eight and a half years ago, there was a, a guy, a kid at the time, named Matthew Rodriguez. Some of you guys know that name. He was 16, and he was an atheist when I first met him. And guess what? When he surrendered his life to Jesus, I had a lot of joy because Scripture says, when, all of, or when one sin comes to repentance, all of heaven rejoice. But guess what? I had joy when he got saved. I had greater joy when six months later he baptized his mom, his dad, his brother, and is now the junior high pastor preaching the gospel on Wednesday nights to a younger generation of repentance. And students are coming forward to surrender their life, and he's baptizing them. I have greater joy to see him do that. I have greater joy to see him do that. You know, the most used verse or scripture when it comes to discipleship is Matthew 28, 19 through 20. It's a, the Great Commission. You've probably heard of it, right? It says, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or obey all the things that I have commanded you. Ready? Read this with me. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. Ready? In Scripture, Jesus tells us, make disciples, I am with you. Or, ready? Flip it. I am with you when you make disciples. So ready? There is joy in the presence of God, and the presence of God is with you when you make disciples. So there is joy when you make disciples. It's pretty simple. True joy comes from the presence of God, and uh, joy in the presence of God first. 
Because if you truly experience the presence of God, you'll naturally share it. When you truly experience the presence of God, you'll naturally share it. You'll want to. How do I know? Before I was married, I was single. Oh, duh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a weird comment if it was something else, right? Before I was married, I was single. You know what the one thing I hated that married people would always tell me when I was single? Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. You should get married. It's so good. Get married. I hated that. I, like, I was like, this was the worst. I get it. I got to get married. I get married. Guess what I tell single people now? You should get married. It's the greatest. Why? Because I've truly experienced the joy of marriage. I'm for real, guys. Four years, three kids, lots of joy. Right? But like... Some of y'all are like, still, inappropriate, chocolate bear, come on. No, I love my wife, and I love our relationship, and I want these single people that I know to experience that true joy of marriage. If, you, if you've experienced the true presence of God, you'll naturally want to share it. If it's not natural to you, if not, it's not something that you want to do, sorry, but step on some toes here. But I question if you've really experienced the presence of God. If you don't want to share it, I question if you've really experienced the presence of God. Because the presence of God should make you want to dance, shout, scream, whatever, and go share it with other people. Let me give you a better example because I need to liven this room up. You guys are falling asleep on me or whatever. Here, let me, let me go this route. How many of you guys have ever been to a sports game? Like a Spurs game? Rodeo something. At halftime, they usually have these guys come out or doing a TV commercial or something. They have these guys come out and they have this gun. Some of you are like, what? No, 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 not what you're thinking. It's a T-shirt cannon. I've been praying my whole career that I'd get one. Like I just, Lord, please, Father. But yeah, like, like. And what they'll do, they'll say, somebody make some noise. And people are going crazy. Why? Because they get a T-shirt that's free, right? We're just like, we, we spend thousands on this ticket. Give us free stuff. And they're going around, somebody make some noise. Somebody make, and we're like, like, yeah, I got it. Knocking out people around us. This is my free T-shirt, you know. And we get crazy for a free T-shirt. And I'm with you because I like free stuff, okay? Can I, uh, your, Hannah, your dad is gone, right? He's not here today. Okay, so Pastor John's not here. Can I recreate that moment in here, in this service? Two people said that. Okay. Can, are you sure I can recreate this moment? Because here's the deal. I actually have some free T-shirts to throw out, and I'd really like to do that. Yeah, I mean... So here's what I want to do. I'm going to throw out these two free T-shirts to whoever is the most joyful, energetic person in this room. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out, time out. Time out. I, I don't think we've set precedence because I, I think that's fun. But normally at a sports game, don't they have like some crazy music. Like, Robert, Jeff, can you put on some music to kind of set the tone? Tom, maybe put some lights on that I can, whoever's the most joyful, crazy, energetic, 
stop, stop, stop. What are y'all doing? Is this church? I'm going to tell on y'all. All right, I need, can y'all two come up on stage? Come up on stage. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Don't be shy now. Okay. Give it up for them. What's your name? What's that? Fredo? Fredo. Fredo wasn't a Fredo. No, I'm just And what's your name? Marissa. Fredo and Marissa. They were the most joyful people in the room. Um, those t-shirts I gave you, you can keep them. Okay. Those are yours. They're going to bill me later. It's all good. Um, I actually have two more free t-shirts. And instead of me throwing them out, I would really love if you guys threw them out. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Hold on, hold on. Here's the deal. I, I tried to throw these out, and there are some people in this room, I won't call them out, but this whole section, no. <laughs> there, were, there, were, there were some people in this room that was like, oh, I'm too good for free stuff. I ain't going to go crazy. They're like, ah, you can throw it over here. Maybe I might catch it. Some of them were really acting a little bougie when it came to, like, me throwing. I, I was, like, over here. Like, anybody want it? They're like, nah, I'm good. I don't. But, but if I had an ATM throwing out hundreds right now, some of them would be like, give me that. Right? So here's what I need you to do. I want you guys to throw the T-shirts, but make them work for it because... Some of them, again, I think maybe it was I was a pastor and they're like, I don't know if we can do this in church. And so they're like, I don't know if I can. But can you have fun with it. Don't just throw it to anybody, okay? And I don't need you really to work this section. They need Jesus more than anything, okay? <laughs> All right, so before you do that, can you put on some music again? Maybe hype up the entire crowd. Come on, stand on your feet. Tom, throw some lights up there. Who wants a free T-shirt? Who wants it? 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 Did you throw it? Okay, y'all don't like stop, 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 stop. Hold on. I can't believe y'all did this in church. Y'all are crazy. Hey, question: What was more fun, catching the T-shirt or throwing the T-shirt? Throwing the t-shirt, more fun, more joyful. Yes. All right, give it up for them. Check this illustration out real quick. It was fun for them to catch the t-shirt. It was more joyful to throw their t-shirt. Ready? It's fun and joyful to receive. It's joyful to be discipled and to get. But there's more joy when you can give that you can disciple someone else. There's more joy in that. I pray that we are a church that, in a weird way, maybe you can quote me, I pray that we're a church that throws T-shirts, not just at people, just, ah, you know? But I pray that we're a church that, that makes disciples, and those disciples make other disciples. There's joy in it. It's hard, but there's joy in it. To see so many spiritual, not just children, spiritual grandchildren in the faith. You know, Jesus was asked in, in Matthew, in the Gospel of Matthew, they asked him, hey, what's the greatest command for us to obey? They were trying to trick him. You know what he said? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest command. And then he said, the second one is like it. The second one is just like it. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. Ready? The two greatest things that Jesus tells you and I to obey, coincidentally, are the two greatest ways to get joy. That if we would love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, if we would love the presence of God, we'll get joy. But if we would love our neighbor and and disciple them and lead them closer to Jesus, we'll also get joy. That if you obey God in those two areas that he tells you to, he will also reciprocate it with some joy.